Hi my dears, welcome, I'm so happy you're here. My name is Soph, you're listening to This Composed Mess. I'm a non-binary queer lesbian. I use they, them pronouns, sometimes it's he, him, switching it up every once in a while. Gender's weird, gender's confusing, gender is a lot. And so for that reason, we're gonna be talking this week on gender. Um, my experience, just where life is at, where I'm currently feeling, and I get a lot of questions about um, how I came to be the person I currently am. And so I've talked about kind of my queer journey, but I feel like sexuality and gender, number one, are completely different. And so I wanted to talk a little bit kind of on my gender identity because that is something that's a little bit new to me, something that I finally have taken time to explore. But before that, uh, this is This Composed Mess. It is my podcast where I get to just kind of talk about life in the way that social media we really like to portray being very composed, being put together. I have a lot of people that have reached out to me recently. They're like, oh my god, I can't wait to like be where you're at. And the truth of the matter is life has been really, really messy for me. It hasn't been the greatest. And so transparently, I want to take time this week to kind of talk about everything going on in gender identity because that's something that still creates quite a lot of stress and uneasiness because I have not fully reached where I think I might go, where I want to be going. I'm not too sure. So without further ado, I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started talking, pals. So just like a little bit about um, me, where I'm at, I want to do a little bit of a check-in too. This week has been kind of weird for me. I am in the last week of this first semester of my master's program, and so my butt has been kicked. I'm feeling pretty exhausted. I'm working 40 hours as a barista, so I'm on my hands and feet a lot, and I have realized I have really bad arthritis. So not probably the most uh, long-term job that will be beneficial, but that's okay. I don't plan on doing um, barista work for the rest of my life, even though some people do, and that is absolutely fine and completely okay. I'm not there. (laughs) And so I've been feeling really exhausted. I've been working pretty long hours, but on top of that, I just personally am feeling depleted. I'm feeling consistently challenged in the environments that I'm in, whether it be customers consistently misgendering me, customers um, not always being the kindest, whether it just be classmates that have been really supportive or professors that haven't been the most supportive in the person that I am, Or just life in general, right? Like, I have a long-distance partner, and we still don't know when they're going to be able to visit. And so it's just kind of been a week of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uneasiness. And I know that we all all are going through a lot, but I'm really lonely. (laughs) And, like, I, I transparently say that because even with a partner and the life that I'm living and interacting with people, probably more than some others because I'm working a, you know, job in the world and I'm interacting with people masks and like responsibly but still um I can only imagine what others are feeling that don't have really that amount of um human interaction so that's how I've been doing this week and I like to transparently kind of give you a heads up of where I'm at before I start my podcast episode but on top of that this is time that I like to like act like we're on a FaceTime call and you get to tell me how you're feeling. So whether you're drinking a cup of coffee, driving to or from work, you're starting class or school, etc. Maybe you just actually like sat down and just decided to listen to this podcast. That's absolutely wonderful too. I'm happy you're here. You're welcome at this table no matter where you are in life. Uh, We don't accept transphobia and homophobia and racism, etc. But I'm glad you're here and welcome and let's kind of talk a little bit more. So I've 
I had a lot of conversations with people just about gender in general, where I'm at, how I'm feeling. Um, and you know, it's, it's a complex topic just in the form of like, I feel as though 20 years ago, these conversations were still happening, but they weren't as readily accessible and the media wasn't portraying them. And I'm not saying the media is portraying, um, gendered identity conversations a ton, but the media for sure is giving, you know, a voice to Elliot Page who came out as non-binary and whole, had a whole entire article written about them. Uh, and, um, I, Bridget Lundy Payne, right? There's, there's people in media that are having their stories and voices be heard. And I know that 20 years ago, non-binary people still existed and transgender people obviously still existed, but the media wasn't giving them as much of a voice. The media is still not giving people a voice. I would like to put that out there. But I have been really lucky in my gender identity journey to have some sort of media representation to cling on to and learn from and feel valid in. So I just want to preface that too of like, this is my story. I am 23. And although growing up, I didn't have a ton of resources or, you know, explanation towards gender identity versus sexuality, etc. I want to preface that by saying that I'm really lucky to be in a space where I do have it. And I also, I'm sharing my story, but with respect to the fact that I'm going to stumble over my words. I don't have everything. I don't have an outline this week either. I just, I want to talk and be as candid as possible when, you know, I get a lot of questions about my gender identity and where I'm at. And they all come from normally younger people curious how I got to the point that I'm at and people looking up to me and not wanting answers to their situations, but not wanting to feel as alone. And I'm a very big, I'm very big on believing that I want to be and try to be the person that I didn't have as a younger person. So without further ado, let's talk about my gender. (laughs) So I guess we start like from where I grew up, right? So I was born in Illinois, so the Midwest, And I grew up with both my mom and my dad raising me. And then at the age of two, we moved from my childhood house into, like, my other childhood house because I'm still sitting in the same um, room that I've been in for quite a while with my brother when he was born. And my brother's two years younger than me, but three grades apart. And I grew up in a pretty privileged situation, right? Like, you know, middle class, upper middle class suburban white neighborhood specifically uh everyone was quote-unquote normal by society standards right like I grew up with children we all got along we all went to church together etc my parents really cultivated an environment where like I could discover who I wanted to be but as I grew older I stereotypically was labeled as like the tomboy etc I went through phases right phases of clothing expression I don't want to say gender expression because clothing is not gendered but I did go through a phase when I was really young in preschool for the first year all I wanted to do was wear dresses to the point that my first year of preschool I wanted to wear dresses when it was like negative 20 degrees outside because I lived in the midwest and my mom would have to like put snow pants underneath my dress so that I would be warm but still wear a dress and then the next year I decided that I didn't ever want to put a dress on my body ever again and only wanted pants and I I remember the story because my mom still like makes fun of me of like the amount of um stress it caused to her of like basically having my own wardrobe and raising a Leo child because I was born in the month of August. Um, 
And so I was just, I was raised in an environment where that was allowed, right? Like I wasn't punished for wanting to express myself these ways through clothing. It was like, okay, well, you're going to throw a temper tantrum and you're not going to be happy wearing this. So we're going to let you wear this, etc. And I'm very thankful of that. I don't think that was crazy telling in my gender identity, but I for sure as a younger child was labeled as a tomboy, right? Like I wanted to do the things boys did. I wanted to rough house with the boys and I wanted to throw dirt and play with sticks and rocks and like I wasn't too big on the Disney princesses and I just I went through like the stages probably up until like second grade where I just wanted to hang out with all the boys because I didn't really like hanging out with the girls and I think part of that too was just like social standards. I didn't like the clickiness that girls often offered even at like a really young age I didn't really vibe with that and I just appreciated like the transparency that boys had really at a younger age so that's kind of where I was at growing up as a kid I don't want to say that I was like a total tomboy but I I don't like that term but it's true that's what I was labeled as etc so right around the age of I would say seven or eight I started to try to fit in really, really hard. Like third, fourth, and fifth grade, I wanted so badly to fit in. I had my first boyfriend in fifth grade, and I was trying so hard to like be stereotypically pretty from like what I had watched in media. Like that was right around the time that like High School Musical was coming out, and like I thought like love was like Vanessa Hudgenson and Zac Efron, and I was watching um, gender expression in ways of like girls do this and boys do this. And, I mean, that was, like, the Midwest environment I was in, too. Like, I had the women teachers that all had long, pretty hair, and the men teachers that were, like, teaching gym and math, etc., and, like, very heteronormative, straight society gender roles. Um, and I just, I didn't see a problem with it at a young age, as most children wouldn't, um, because parents don't see a problem with it, etc., society doesn't see a problem with gender roles, which, whatever, but growing up, I was really trying to fit in. And so I saw my teachers do this, and I knew I was assigned female at birth, so I'm going to do this. And when I tried to, like, differentiate from that, I didn't fit in, right? Like, I remember going to Justice with all the girls for a birthday party, and they all were, like, picking out these shirts, and I wanted to wear, like, the camo shirt and khaki baggy shorts. And I remember everyone being like, oh, no, we got these types. And they were all, like, glittery shirts, and I was like, I don't really want that. And I would like to say that your clothing does not <laughs> dictate your gender. But I was, like, really confused at this age of, like, well, the boys get to wear this, so why don't I get to wear it? Like, boys get to wear that. Why wouldn't I get to wear that? This is also an age that I start to realize that I am really envious of my younger brother. And I uh, will get to it, but I think later in my teenage years, the reason that we didn't have a great relationship was I was filled with envy towards him. So this is right around the age in fifth grade that I vividly remember, like, being very confused with why the guys were separated from the girls, and, like, we went to a Robert Crown Center where they talk about, like, your body changing, and the boys and the girls are separated, and I was just kind of sitting there in limbo, like, why, why, I don't understand, and, like, how come I can't hang out with all my guy friends right now, like, I just feel really uncomfortable with the situation. I was terrified what periods were when they started explaining them to me. And I was like, my body shouldn't do that. Like, what do you mean? As like a lot of teenage girls do, right? Terrified of periods and as they should, I mean, valid. But I was specifically like really uncomfortable with talking about my own body. 
and I felt like the body that I was living in like didn't belong to me and that's something that's very confusing at a fifth grade level of wondering like well this body that I'm in doesn't feel fully like mine and I'm just gonna you know do as the world around me is saying is what's normal because I so badly wanted to fit in I was incredibly bullied as a teenager and so I just badly wanted to fit in with everyone else and this is one of the ways that um I tried to fit in was just doing as every other girl in my school did right but then we get to junior high and I'm around a lot of people that like look and uh think stereotypically like I really wanted to be around the boys and that was the year that I remember being really scared that we had locker rooms and I felt super uncomfortable like being in the women's locker room I just hated changing in front of people I felt awkward like looking at other people changing I remember like getting bullied for like oh my god why are you looking at me type of thing in the locker room and like I hated it and I so badly envied the guys that like had locker room talk and I was like why can't we just like be like the guys in the locker room and like let it be not the toxic and like male environment but just like I don't know why it was such a big deal right and why everyone was worried about it and I think a big part of that was like I didn't feel like my body was my own so like why would I care about like what other people were looking at because even I was like I don't know whose body this is but whatever I know who I am as a person as I'm getting older but like the body that I'm in doesn't feel like my own specifically right and I was at this age of like having quote-unquote crushes on guys and I look back now at like middle school was the time where I so badly the boys that I liked and was attracted to were the boys that I wanted to look like and so like I had never even held a boy's hand but I had quote-unquote boyfriends that we would like pass notes to each other and text but they were the boys that like dressed the way that I wish I could and it wasn't my parents telling me like I had to do this or this or this it was just like I was my worst worst critic. I was so worried about getting bullied for being any form of different because I was getting bullied for looking the way that I did, which was trying to fit in, that I was like, I can't be different because I'll just get bullied even worse. And so I hit this point of like, okay, well, I'm just going to try to be as normal as possible and I'm just going to date boys because I envy them and like, I'll at least get friendships out of it. And like the boys that I were dating and was dating were boys that I wanted to look like. And then we dive into like high school time and this is weird time when it comes to like gender identity etc so my freshman year of high school is a really bad year in general for my mental health um i had two people pass away that were pretty darn close to me and that was within a month a week of each other not a month they were in the same month a week from each other i had never experienced loss or grief before that happened And so my freshman year was filled with a lot of anxiety and depression and worrying about like anyone close to me passing away, et cetera, being on edge about that. But that was also the year that I had like my first serious boyfriend, like (laughs) shout out John, if you're listening to this. Um, But John was the first guy that I like clung to. I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and grief and I've talked about like my sexuality and et cetera, but I so badly wanted to look like John like I envied the way he looked I thought he was incredibly attractive but I and I don't want to disvalue like having my first boyfriend like he was very sweet very kind person still probably is a very sweet and very kind person but I recognize now how badly I wanted to look like him and although I really appreciate like the relationship that we had the entire time I was filled with envy towards like 
him getting to do the things he did. And I remember being, like, not a parental figure to him because that's really weird. But I do remember, like, pushing him to and, like, motivating him to do things that he wasn't sure about because I was, like, I so badly wanted to be him that I was, like, at least I can live vicariously, like, through him getting to play lacrosse or through him presenting in a male-dominated environment in a club, etc. And I was, like, if I don't get to look or like this guy at least I can like admire him and support him in everything that I do and that's something that's really weird <laughs> to probably a lot of people that aren't queer of like well you wanted to be your first boyfriend like that's odd but like transparently to the queer community it's probably not that weird because a lot of the times we are attracted to the people that we admire the people that we look up to the people that um you know we're attracted sometimes to people that are like the best versions of like what we wish we could be and that was my situation. And so I transparently remember right around like the age of 15 and 16, like not having bottom envy by any means, but for sure, like I'm developing in my body. And I vividly remember just praying and praying and praying that like I wouldn't get a larger test or that I would stay this size. And that didn't affect like any form of, you know, an eating disorder, etc. But I for sure was just very apparent about my body changing and being like terrified of it and begging my parents, like, is there any way that maybe I could start taking birth control to like control my hormone levels, etc. Because I was just so nervous that something would happen, etc. And that I wouldn't stay the <laughs> smaller, I guess, quote unquote, less developed person that I like I was at the time. And the men that I was often quote-unquote attracted to were, like, thinner, taller, quote-unquote lankier guys. And, like, I wanted to look like that. And I was like, well, if I can't look like that completely, I guess I'll just, like, try my best to, you know, appear what I can. And so I held on to a lot of that. Ironically, after me and my first boyfriend broke up, the first thing I did to cope with the anxiety and, like, depression of breakup was chop all of my hair off and get like the haircut that he had um yeah I should have known then that I was battling <laughs> gender identity and my sexuality etc because the biggest reason I did it was you know what I don't get a date this guy screw this I'll just look like him like and then no man would be attracted to me because I'll look like a boy quote-unquote and that's what I did um, I still had a boyfriend right after that with pretty short hair, which <laughs> probably defeated what I was trying to do internally, but externally, I liked the way I looked more than ever. I remember a lot of people being like, oh, it's a pixie haircut. And they're giving this gendered language to the shorter hairstyle that didn't need to have a gender to it. And that's something I have a problem with in general is like hairstylons, etc. Being like, oh, it's a pixie haircut if you're a girl, but it's just a regular shorts me short men's cut, but they're the same exact haircut. And you're like, well, what the heck? Why can't it just be a short haircut? And so that was something that really bothered me. I was like, no, I chopped my hair off and like, the hairstylist literally cut it just like she did my brother's hair but we all labeled it as a pixie haircut because like women wouldn't ever get a man's haircut it's just a pixie haircut it's short hair and I was really disheartened by that because I was like no this is like the haircut that my boyfriend had like had like my ex-boyfriend um but no everyone decided to label it as a pixie haircut and I grew it out because I, I didn't feel confident in it although I loved it it was literally one of the best things I did, but I still was trying so hard to fit into the gender norms that I thought were appropriate and society were telling me to that I was, like, flat ironing my pixie haircut and putting product in it and still wearing all this makeup because that's what, like, quote-unquote girls do. And that is what was normal in my environment. 
And I remember after freshman year, like, I kept growing my hair out to have it be longer and longer and longer. And I remember hating it and feeling like I had this wig on my body, but continuously growing it out because all the girls around me had long hair. And I was the only one that was a white person with really short hair that we labeled as a pixie in my whole entire school. Like, literally my whole school at the moment um, in my grade. And so I just felt really awkward and really uncomfortable. And I remember people looking at me and, you know, I will say that like maybe they weren't actually looking at me and that was all in my head. But like to the teenage self, I felt like my world was ending because people were judging me for like something that I found joy in and that sucked. And so I kept growing my hair out and I kept dating men and I kept dating all of these men that I really admired. Um, I now like will say that I don't think I was attracted to them. I just envied what they looked like. And that's something that's really hard. And like, I probably know, like, I know that probably, um, to exes is like a hit in the gut. And it doesn't mean I didn't care about them, but like, I for sure envied the way that they got to look or the bodies that they had. And, uh, all throughout high school, it was just, it was a lot for me to process. And I didn't really get to that point until I hit my twenties. Um, but I just, I admired a lot of boys that I dated and just wanted so badly to look like them and kept growing my hair out, etc. because that is what my environment around me told me was normal. And that's not something that my parents made me do. My mom let me cut my hair. My mom helped me cut my hair and chop it all off. But that is something that me wanting to stay in my comfort zone terrified someone would figure out I wasn't quote unquote normal. Um, that was terrifying. So, you know, we got into this time at college where I, I am trying to figure myself out and I show up and the first thing I do is live in an all quote unquote girls dorm and I try so hard to like fit in. This is the first time that I meet people that are openly queer and I realize um, that I so badly um, admired my openly queer friends but was too terrified to say anything. And I still remember Sydney and her girlfriend, right? They, they, there was this girl on my floor named Sydney and my freshman year of college. And I remember like absolutely adoring her and having her be the kindest person ever. Um, but her girlfriend presented as the most androgynous person I had ever met. And they used, you know, they, them pronouns, but still were, was Sydney's girlfriend. And I had never been exposed to what non-binary people were, et cetera. And they, they were very big on, like, using she and her pronouns, but they appeared very androgynous, and I realized, like, I so badly wanted to look the way that Sydney's partner did, but I was too terrified, and so I just kept looking like Sydney, because I was like, well, Sydney can get a girlfriend that looks like that, so, like, if I look like Sydney, I can get a girlfriend that looks like that. And the first thing that I did, too, was join a sorority, which is, like, stereotypical, like, women environment. And I was so badly pushing back this, like, gender identity side of myself because I was just, I was terrified to share it with people, terrified to talk about it, etc. And I was feeling this, like, tremendous amount of anxiety and continuously dating men that I thought were, um, weren't attractive, but I wanted to, like, look like. There was always a feature that I was like, well, he has beautiful eyes, I wish my eyes looked like that, or, like, he has amazing mutt, like, etc. And... I remember then, like, really confusingly, like, admiring my friends that appeared, like, androgynous and identified as non-binary or queer, and I was like, I don't understand why, like, 
my my mind won't let me do this and I think I, I was just scared of being anything but different from being bullied so often and I went from three different colleges right so I went from my first college that was pretty accepting um my second college which is a huge state school where every single girl in my sorority was stereotypical like the long hair the bleach blonde the nails etc and I was just so scared of being different and I think that was just conditioned in me of like, I'm my worst critic and God forbid I'm anything but different and people will look at me different because I already felt like such an outsider in every community I was a part of. And then I was at my Christian college where I just knew like I was going to repress any emotions I felt. And specifically, I was living in, you know, this whole time I'm living with women who I'm like, I don't want to make them uncomfortable, quote unquote. And I knew some of the environments I was in. I was like, I, God forbid, like have a roommate that's uncomfortable with like me telling them I'm queer, but God forbid, like telling them I'm transgender and then them not validating that or telling me I'm confused, etc. And I just, I was not there yet. And so a lot of things changed when I got and started working at Disney where I was exposed to people that identified as transgender and identified as non-binary and were pretty outspoken um, like their identity and sharing their stories with me. And I was living with such a group of amazing women that I was like, we're just going to repress it for a little bit longer because I did not want to live in like men's housing. I didn't know like how one at Disney could identify as non-binary because every single thing was gendered. You were either a male or a female in the environment. Shout out to Disney for finally changing policies and being more outminded and respectful towards people that are non-binary just anyone different than the straight male or gender, male or female gender. But I just, I was feeling a lot of emotions and I didn't know how to exactly experience all of them. And the worst thing for me was leaving Disney World and getting the nine to five corporate job and being in a very male dominated industry where it was like, yeah, girl power. And all of our competitions were girls versus boys on my team at work. And I just, I just felt like I was suffocating the entire time where gender identity was something that I could not express. I didn't really know how to like bat, like combat it or have conversations about it or experiment with it, etc. And honestly, this is all a journey coming to 2020. <laughs> and that's, I guess that's where we'll like hardcore dive in. And I know I've been talking for a while, but like that's where a lot changes. So for me... I was working at my job in April of 2020 and I had TikTok and I had downloaded the app and like I just I started watching videos and the first day I got TikTok I started seeing all of these queer content creators, all of these lesbian women, all of these non-binary lesbians, etc. I was just watching all these videos like, oh my gosh, these people are so attractive. But then I started to realize, like, oh my gosh, I want to look like these people do, and these people are my age or younger, and, like, wait a minute, I didn't know that this amount of, like, queer people existed, because I was just, I was stuck in my Midwest bubble for most of my life, and I knew that there was an LGBTQ community in Chicago, like, Boys Town, etc., but due to quarantine, I was living in the city, and I was in Boys Town, and I couldn't experience any of the LGBTQ plus communities, and I just felt super isolated, so in... May of 2020, I moved back home. So I left Boys Town in Chicago and I'm living at my house and just feeling pretty isolated, right? Like this is the heart of lockdown specifically. And I'm on TikTok continuously every day, just feeling like 
I'm queer, this is where I'm at, this is the person I want to be, I can express myself in any way I want, and I'm seeing all these people that are using they, them pronouns, and I'm like, I don't feel like I need a gender, like, I don't want to live in this binary world that we've been created in, um, like, I, I don't understand why I can't identify this way. Like, no one's telling me I can't. It's just my own brain saying I'm not valid enough to do so. And then I'm watching all these amazing videos of non-binary creators. They're like, you're valid no matter how you look. Like, non-binary people don't owe you androgyny. You've been binary brainwashed. Um, and I just, I was watching all these videos at this point. Like, yes, you are right. And I don't want to say that that was a big part of me leaving my company. I, uh had gotten an acceptance into my master's program and knew that I needed some time off before I started my master's and that it wasn't fair to my company uh, to pay me the way that they did. I was making a great amount of finances and I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to give my whole heart and soul. And I was like, I respect this company enough to just take a step back and leave and allow them time to find a new hire for like the winter time, then leave in the winter and then be like, well, crap, now we need to hire someone else, etc. But a big part of, like, my job when I was on TikTok and stuff was, like, I'm feeling this person, like, outside of my job. But then I started posting TikToks. So I posted my first TikTok as an openly loud lesbian. And it was just a video of, like, me saying hi. And all of these queer people were liking it and commenting and, like, welcoming me to the family, etc. And then I posted a story time that got a million views on it, with like, which was my second or third video. And it was just all of these accepting LGBTQ people. And I felt really valid in, like, my sexuality. And uh, the more I was on TikTok, truly TikTok changed changed so much for me. The more I was on TikTok and watching these videos of non-binary people, I started to feel more and more valid of, like, this is how I want to identify. This is how I feel. But I was watching also this side of the TikTok algorithm of, like, you know you're queer when, you know you're lesbian when, you know that you're femme when, etc. And my brain was like, well, if I'm going to be a lesbian, I should be femme. This is just where my brain is at, okay, guys? Like, I'm being really transparent that you do not have to do this. <laughs> like, you should not be doing this. You should, but this is where my negative emotions and thoughts were at. And so I decided I was going to be hyper femme, hyper queer, etc. as loud as I could be because I wanted to be seen so badly by a community that was very accepting. Um, but sometimes you can be narrow-minded, right? Like we have our labels, etc. And sometimes you want people to fit into those labels in order to be attracted to them, etc. And I, I did everything I could. I bleached my hair. I made it purple. I got really long hair. I was trying to be super femme because I was trying to attract a masked person. And my brain was like, there's the femme and the masked person in the relationship because that is what TikTok was showing me. Like I had finally gotten to be part of the queer community and feel valid in the queer community. And I was posting these videos. I was getting a lot of like mask presenting people interested in me. And I was like, oh, well, if they're interested in me, like I have to go for this. And that is right around the time that I found Lily on TikTok, my partner now. And I was immediately interested in Lily for Lily's beautiful eyes. Like, they could just pierce all, like pierce my entire heart, which they did. Um, <laughs> but I really admired Lily's transparency and, like, gender identity, gender expression, um, feeling comfortable in their sexuality, etc. Because I was just, I didn't know where I was at. I knew that I identified as lesbian. I knew I identified as queer more than lesbian. Um, but I didn't know where else I was at. 
And so when I started pursuing Lily and we started having a lot of conversations, like Lily was someone that was like, you can use they, them pronouns just as much as I can use they, them pronouns. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I appreciate her so much and loving me like throughout all of it. And when we finally got to see each other, this is October, I was hanging out with them the entire time and I was feeling a lot of emotions of like, Lily had just gotten a haircut and I was like playing with Lily's hair just like, why doesn't my hair get to be this short? Or like watching the way that Lily dressed, like we dressed really similar and like we were stealing each other's clothing and I was like, why do I not get to wear boxers? Or like etc etc and it had gotten to this point where I'm gonna be really honest I was presenting femme and I was like well Lily isn't gonna love me if I switch all these things because I'm a femme lesbian and they are a mask lesbian so like why would they love me if I like started looking more like them right (laughs) and I I was filled with this fear and anxiety and I didn't say anything until about I would say what it's already April of this year so January, February, March, right? I started to have these conversations with Lily of like, I need to cut my hair off. And it was a gradual process, right? Like I, I gave up the purple hair. I went to my natural hair color and that was a big deal. I was scared that like I'm giving up the purple hair and I know a lot of people love the purple hair and this is part of my brand on TikTok, etc. And like my partner really liked my purple hair. Um, then I, I chopped my hair pretty short and my partner still was loving me and like... People were still letting me do what I wanted to do. And then it got shorter and everyone was still accepting it. And I was like, well, I'm still femme in comparison to other, like in comparison to my partner, etc. And then I finally just realized like, it doesn't matter. Like the right person is going to love me no matter what, no matter what I look like. Like my love with my partner is so much deeper than that. And it is like my partner has stuck around through it all. But my validity didn't come from, like, my partner approving of it. It was more of, like, I have to do what makes me happy internally. And so in the beginning of March, April, I hit this point in April of 2021 where, so the beginning of this month, where I found it was, like, I want to throw up when people use she, her pronouns for me. Like, when I worked in retail and people, and I still technically work in customer service, being called ma'am makes me want to throw up. It makes me feel completely invalid. It makes me feel, like, uncomfortable. Um, I don't want to be viewed that way. And I started to realize, like, I am non-binary. Like, they, them pronouns are it for me. And so when I chopped my hair off, I, like, cried multiple times looking in the mirror because I had finally hit that point where I was like, oh, this is how you feel when you look in the mirror and feel hot. Like, like, don't get me wrong, I still have days where I'm like, ugh, but, but, like, I feel attractive, and I feel like this is the person I was meant to be, and the person that I look at in the mirror makes sense, and, you know, hair is something that it's, it's not that big of a deal, and hair shouldn't be gendered, but it did provide a lot of gender euphoria to me, and made me feel like this is what I'm meant to look like, and the more that I experimented with, like, my appearance, although appearance isn't everything, and the more people understood that, like, these are my pronouns, the more, like, comfortable I felt as the person, um, that I want to be, the person that I'm perceived as, and it sucks, because the one thing that I'm at right now is being a non-binary lesbian, um, using they, them pronouns, and, like, leaning towards he, him pronouns is that 
I can't stand my voice, which is also why it's been really hard the past two to three weeks to film podcast episodes. Um, thank God I don't edit them a lot, but I, I wish my voice was more masculine. And I don't at this point want to go on testosterone because I love everything about the way that I, you know, appear, the way that my body is right now, the way my hormones are. I mean, no one likes periods, etc. That's something that provides a lot of uncomfortable, you know, gender (laughs) dysphoria. But I wish my voice was deeper. And that's like something of like, I should, I would love to go on testosterone and not deal with any other repercussions besides the fact my voice getting deeper. Um, I know there's speech therapy too for that, but like, I don't want anything else (laughs) involved in the testosterone process. And so my gender identity right now is that. I use they, them pronouns. He, him pronouns are absolutely wonderful. I'd much rather people call me sir than ma'am in like the binary world we live in, although I'm not binary. And I do identify as transgender because I do not feel any form of security in my assigned female gender at birth. Absolutely not. (laughs) And that's where I'm at, you know, right now. I get asked a lot though, like, how can I be non-binary and be lesbian? Um, So gender identity and gender expression and sexuality don't coincide with each other. I'd like to point that out. And so lesbian, you know, has been labeled as like women loving women, which it is, and I don't want to make that any less valid, but like lesbian can also be understood as someone that's assigned female at birth versus someone that's also assigned female at birth. And it can also just be someone that like is attached to that part of their femininity versus someone that's also attached to that part of their femininity. It can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, right? And so I like to tell people that, like, you are in charge of the labels you want to put on yourself. This is your life. You're given one body. This is the life that you want to live. If you feel comfortable and that is your sexual, like, preference, is your sexual label, use it. If you don't want to use any label, that's fine too. So for me, like, my partner identifies as lesbian. I identify as lesbian. I can be a he, him, lesbian if I want to. Like, my gender identity is completely different than my sexuality. And that's something that I just want to talk about because I don't think people can understand, like, they can coincide. They can be completely separate. Um, And who are you to tell someone they're not valid in a community, right? Like, who are you to tell someone, like, well, you're not women enough. You're not this enough. You're not that. No, that's not welcome here. And so I just wanted to kind of address that comment of, like, I'm talking about my gender and where I'm at. Uh, that's something too of like, I do like saying non-binary lesbian because I, that's where I'm at, and I love being part of my my lesbian queer communities. And although queer makes like more comfortable sense to me at this point, like I still am absolutely okay with being called a lesbian. Um, yeah, so. I know that's been quite a lot of talking. I don't want to take up your entire day, guys. And I know that, like, my voice and my tone's been a little different just because um, it's a sensitive topic. It's also, like, a really transparent topic, a vulnerable topic, because it might change in a month or two, you know? I I understand the path that I am at at 23 is a lot of paths that, like, 18, 19-year-olds are at right now, which is absolutely wonderful and super cool that we live in a world where um, that's something that younger people get to experience and you know, look at at a younger age of, like, where they're at in their gender, where they're at in their sexuality. I just, I wasn't there at that point. That's okay. You know, you could be 70 years old and start hormones and transition if you want to. Like, that's valid. So, yeah. I hope you all have a great week. 
thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being incredibly supportive in what I'm doing. Um, it's been, it's been a rough month. And so I've been really loyal, like making sure I post podcasts because I enjoy doing this type of thing and being transparent and having conversations with all of y'all and you're welcome at this table. Please know though that I am at a point of like, my voice is one thing I'm very insecure in right now. And it's okay. I don't, I'm not asking for all of y'all to praise my voice. I know that you're listening for like an hour every week. So I'm very flattered already. But yeah, that is something that I'm struggling with and battling and coming to terms with and understanding how to adjust it slowly and slowly. So I appreciate y'all for being here. I hope that you know you're not alone, that I got your back. And I genuinely mean that. My DMs are always open. If I don't respond, please know that I probably still read it. I either don't have the time, um, the mental energy, or you're under the age of 18. But I appreciate all of y'all. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to this composed mess. My name is Soph. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks, guys. Bye.